What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 129, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Remind me at the end of this episode, Justin, to put my pants in the dryer. <laughs> Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man? Why, hello, 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 J-Mac. How are you, my friend? I am well. I am upset because some people forget that we record every Monday night. That's hey, not you. you know what? I, I get it. And any chance you had to bust out a, a skunk pants drop, it's not because I toot it or something. It's because I have a tendency of not putting my pants in the dryer and then they smell bad. Mm. But that's not what we're talking about here because the real anus is on our very own greatest of all known Sambinos who shall remain nameless. Wait, yeah, that's not how mm. this works. Yeah, well, he might be along. He'll be along at some point. Um, so we'll we'll probably just to let everybody in on the joke. We'll probably just pretend like we've been waiting on him this whole time on the air. So I think absolutely, that'll be good. So, we will act as though we waited the entire time, right. only to then tell him he is live. Yeah, and then yeah, I think that'll be good. So we know he won't know. Perfect, and he zero, won't go back and listen to this either. So that's yeah, even better. Zero percent chance that could backfire <laughs> on us in any stretch of the imagination. We'll work together. We're a good team on this. We've been doing this Welcome. long enough. Welcome to 2020. Hi, Justin. Yeah. How well, you doing? Welcome to the inside of how the outfielder actually works. It's a very fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants operation here. Speaking once again of pants, I have a dog on my lap right now. Uh, the great Sherman, right? So for those, yes, for those that are able to see us on video and interact with us, uh, you know, because we are live streaming this on, and I think it goes on YouTube tomorrow, right, J-Mac? No, it goes up all at the same time, so it's okay, live. Okay, so on it, all. it is live right now yes. to see a Jack Russell who hates wearing a sweater. I was going to say, is the sweater covering up the neck brace from all the throwing around that you do with the dog? Yes. No, this is, uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but uh, it's late October and it's gotten a little chilly here, uh, at least in North Texas. We're in the 40s today. Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about the fucking weather on a podcast. What I am going to tell you, though, is it is not feel, it feels like baseball weather for the World Series and it is fitting that it is here in Arlington, though. Well, and that, that was going to be my segue, you jerk, is nah. uh, basically the World Series is being played in our backyard without any hometown teams. Uh, and they have had the stadium open for a couple times. 11,800, I think, was the capacity the first game. Oh, I actually have that on, on each of the games, so we'll go and break down each of the games here in a little bit and talk about what happened. So make sure that I get the capacity each time. Don't let me forget. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it is. I didn't think it was going to be possible, but sure enough, it is. It looks pretty spaced out, just whatever you see it on TV. I mean, it's kind of it's always kind of hard to tell. But, I mean, it's like if you're with your family, like, you know, four together or whatever, and there's a lot of space kind of around those oh, yeah. clusters of people. And there's a potential, I think the great Sambino, his dad and brother might have been there, so he might be able to tell us more, but I highly doubt it based on the, the text messages, which are very common, so... Um. Anyway, and based but yeah. on the fact that he's not here, well, right, that doesn't help. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just hoping that he'll be along at some point because you know, right, we can only wait with dead air for so long. This is all dead air. No, um, <laughs> it's 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 really interesting too because I've heard good things from the people that I know that have been there. They they've been talking about it is a great stadium. Looks ugly as all get out, but it looks amazing on the inside. I don't think it's that ugly, and it definitely looks really good at night. I think. Yeah. For sure. It's a little bit barn-like, but I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing for a stadium in Texas. Texas. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, I, I, you know, I don't... I'm sure that was kind of the vision on it. I mean, everything else about it is really cool. Like, I haven't really been over there since it's actually been done done because once that happened, all this stuff broke out and... Yeah. You know, so I have, I've seen a lot of it, but I haven't, like, been able to, like, fully really walk around, like, all the, you know, the actual outside of it and i mean obviously i can't wait to walk around the inside of it too but i haven't even gotten to do that yet too much so it's kind of a shame in that way no and i i hear good things so i think it's going to be a really uh, look forward to our review hopefully next season if we're able to uh, to start doing more and more baseball in person oh we're going maybe i wonder if i think we've pondered this before but i wonder if we could like rent the stadium out for a movie night i think that that's the best use of anyone's money 99 dollars or something like that that's a steal uh, I, I don't think that that's for the Rangers stadium. I think that's for like your local AMC that oh. you can rent out. Is that a thing? Yeah. Have you not heard this? Like, no. That's their new thing to try to make money during a pandemic is you can 
rent out the movie theater to like watch a movie. What? All right, we're do all right, we're doing this as well. Let's get yeah. let's get Brandon on the phone. He's all in on this idea. I can already tell all you. Right. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. Saturday night, Halloween, Shaun of the Dead, <laughs> AMC. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It does it's just ridiculous. What? That's my Halloween go to, Shaun of the no, Dead. No, you would love Shaun of the Dead too. It's just not yeah. my kind of movie. You know that. Well, you know that. You're not my kind of zombie. I know, that's all right. But yeah, no, it's um it's gonna be really wild to see like what that looks like in the coming year and whether it's gonna start in March or are we gonna have like another shortened season? We really don't know what that's gonna look like yet. Yeah, and and this is pure speculation. Anything can change at the drop of a hat. But my gut would tell me that because they were able to end the season in October when they wanted it, they will find a way to make the season start up again. Like, I, I don't think, think right. they're going to do another two or three months delay. And they just, I mean, all out just decide we're going to travel. We're going to do all of it. We're going to minimize it, schedule as much as we can. But other than that, we're just going to go for it and... I mean, man, it is it is impossible, though. It is impossible that they have had zero tests since that Cardinals-Miami thing happened. Zero possibility that's true. No, they've just been better at keeping it quiet, which right. is only a lot problematic. Well, and I, I would imagine, I, I don't really understand the ins and outs of HIPAA necessarily, but I'd imagine it has a lot to do with that. And, I mean, they can report whatever they want to report, you know, kind of thing. And if it's one of those things, I would I would imagine that, say that you're a player on the, you would never play for the Cardinals. I think you would rather not play baseball than play for the Cardinals. Say you played for the Brewers, right? And you're, what, what position would you play in this scenario? Let's just do it. Let's just uh, I'm probably like a middle reliever. Okay. Yeah. Like, but, but like a specialist, right? Like a, yeah. a guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're on the, the team and you're not on the taxi squad, but you're on the actual team. You test positive for it. You don't, you know, the team is expecting you to report that to them. But if you don't do that and it's your right to not do that, then I, I mean, it, it can't be that simple, right? I don't know. I would hope it's not that simple, but you never you, know. I bet you it is, though. It seems like pretty simple. Because, yeah, if I went down to the local, you know, druggist to get my test done, like, yeah. there's no way that the brewers know about that. And all you've got to say is, hey, I was around somebody else that had COVID and I want to quarantine for two weeks or whatever, and no one's the wiser. I don't know. Seems like a, a pretty easy loophole to get through, but there's no but way like, it's that easy, but it probably is. But, like, if, I don't know, Corey Seager had taken two weeks off this year to say, oh, I was just around someone, you know, like, do, do you know of any big league players that quarantined but didn't say that they tested positive? No, but, I mean, nobody said they tested positive from, like, week two or three on. So. <laughs> no one said they tested positive after I drafted is basically <laughs> what happened. Yeah, basically, yes. So... I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. There's That's just impossible. There's no way. There is no way the odds are that good that that many groups of players, nothing. There's just no way. Dude, you can't even get six people to agree where to go to dinner. Right. Like I was terrified. I went to a very, very small family wedding for my sister-in-law this weekend. And I like, like family-only bare bones. It was outdoors. The reception was outdoors. Everybody was wearing masks for the most part. You know, all that. Every, all precautions that could be taken as much as you can right now were taken. And I was terrified. Terrified. That doesn't mean that I'm, like, that's not even close to, like, traveling around the country playing baseball every night. Yeah. Let me just get on an airplane every five days. Yeah, that just seems, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm, I'm too paranoid about it or whatever, but uh, you can't, you don't want to be not paranoid enough about something like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I tend to be, uh, for those that, you know, peel back the curtain on the Sensibly Loud family, if there ever was a worrier here at Sensibly Loud, it's been baseball. Like, I will worry about everything. I'm sure. the guy who, when we took a trip to Colorado, like, I volunteered to call other guys to make sure that they didn't miss their flight. <laughs> you did. You checked on I happened to be one of the ones that missed their flight, so you didn't check on me well enough, or enough times, apparently. I, I gave you the, the freedom and flexibility. Just, I, I distinctly said, though, the day before, hey, man, you want me to call you or anything? You're like, dude, I'm a grown-ass adult. I can make a plane on time. All right. Tell you what. We're going to have this conversation out again. And 
this is Brandon's fault. It's all Brandon's fault. We'll get back to that later on. I don't want to have this Perfect. discussion again right now, though. It's not worth going into right this second. But no, you're 100% right. And the, you're one of the mo- that's one of the most important things to have is someone that overreacts and underreacts. You know, it's, it's a good it's why you and I have always made a good team in co- creating content because we kind of know how to talk these things out and understand, you know, where the other one's coming from as far as a, a situation of caution and the, yeah. going off the rails, you know. And so it's the same kind of thing. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't really know what that looks like, you know. It's our it's our pivot sister podcast of Welcome to Anxiety Talk with Ben Baseball, where we teach you how to worry. <laughs> Perfect. The great Sambino will join us as a as a guest host later on yeah, for that. That's right. That's, that's the, <laughs> That's so other, accurate. That's the other thing we could do for a prank because he could just come in and we could be, just be talking about not baseball whatsoever. That's right. No. I mean, that probably wouldn't throw him off too bad, though, is kind of the problem with that idea. No, because whatever we picked, he'd throw down. Like, right. uh, like if this was all of a sudden a pizza podcast, like he'd be right up in there. Absolutely. And, I mean, there, there have been many, many times where I've had to steer us out of a skid of going different places that, you know, I mean, that wouldn't be. Too far That's not my actual MO, but it's kind of a sub goal like mission every episode is to see if we can make it elsewhere. It's my favorite thing about the show though. Thank you. Um okay. So what have you thought about the World Series as a whole so far? So as a whole. So uh to reset for those who are picking up, I don't know what day you're listening to this or live streaming it. Uh we are recording this Monday night. It is the twenty sixth, I think. Yep. And uh the the Dodgers are up three games to two game five was yesterday yes so we'll go game so, by game here in a yes. minute for sure yep. but yeah but overall yes it's it's been a been lot good. more electric than i was expecting yes a lot of excitement a lot of kind of beh- from behind comebacks and you know really really f- like ridiculous things have happened so far it's been a fun world series to watch i think tampa bay's been probably more probably better than people maybe thought they were going to be in this is that fair I to say? They, I think they have risen to the challenge very well. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I think that they've had the talent the whole time. I yeah. think that some stuff is coming together, and you know, not that the Dodgers are off by any means, but some of the electricness that's been Los Angeles this year, it's it's just not as sharp. Like mm-hmm. they're still there, and they're still incredibly dangerous, and they'll likely win the World Series tonight, but. Tomorrow night. They haven't they haven't hung you know, they haven't hung fifteen runs on them. Yeah. No, definitely. And and that is that's been the biggest difference in this series as a as a whole is pitching in general for both teams has been really good. Yeah. And so you have you haven't seen a lot of just like through the roof scores, a lot of offensive power, a lot of playing the numbers in right situations, a lot of really high risk high reward type situations where to the point where I haven't heard as much about Kevin Cash being in any kind of trouble job wise if this doesn't go his way but I sure have heard a lot about Dave Roberts job if it doesn't go this way which is I will say this I heard it more going into last night's game before last night's game which was game five I heard it a lot more before that when he managed his way really well through this, like that game five, I thought. Yeah. How long has he had the gig, though? This is his third year, probably. Second or third year. Something like that. So that means his record in the postseason, because last year they got bounced in the divisional. Mm-hmm. And then the year before that is when they lost to To the Red Boston. Sox. Yep. So was he in charge the year that they lost to Houston? No. that was. I think that was Mattingly, right? That was 2017. I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. okay. So in that case, I mean, if you let me ban- if you let me manage a baseball team and I lose the World Series, get bounced out of the playoffs, and I take you at least to another World Series, like that's pretty good. Yeah, it feels like you've at least earned your the right to keep your job in that case, right? Yes. Uh, I think what it boils down to is just you know managing a ball club in Los Angeles. You oh. know, it's the same thing with. With any of the high expectations, one high expectation clubs, um, you know, that just demand excellence. It's been a long time since the Dodgers have brought home World Series rings. It is. Um, by the way, Dave Roberts was the manager in 2017. I think that was his first year. Wow. So, like, it's, he's taking you 
75% of the time he's taking you to the World Series. Pretty good. I'd love to have that problem. Hey, is there something out there in center field going on? Or by the on-deck circle? Or all around the diamond? What's going on out there? Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast. Number three, the great Sam Bino. Hi. Welcome, Sam. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm sorry I'm late. It's okay. <laughs> we, we only roasted you for about five to seven minutes at the beginning. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. I'll have to actually listen to this episode. <laughs> well, I actually said that in it. I said there's zero chance he's going to listen to this anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> It's like a it was like a soft roast like yeah no it wasn't like that you'd bad. buy nuts at Oktoberfest yeah and then we we mapped out a scheme but then we decided not to follow through with said scheme because we were talking about how the World Series has been so far but uh, how have you, well so Sam what's what's your take on it Ben have you got a chance to watch much of it or where have you been on it yeah I've watched a few games um, not. Uh, I've watched a few sets of nine innings. Let's put it that way. I haven't watched an entire one game because every start is at eight o'clock. Dude, yes. And every game, every game has gone over three hours, and I'm just not staying up till midnight um, much anymore. No, no, it's nearly impossible in that sense, and it that that really is absolutely absurd. Like, there's no reason it should be starting that late. So that's five p.m. West Coast. Mm-hmm. That's great. Good for them. That's still too early, even what you're just getting off work and getting home. Well, the other team is on the East Coast. Like, what about? Yeah, well, there aren't, they know there are no fans in Tampa Bay, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's the rub right there. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I don't know. It sucks. I'd rather them seven would be great. Normal seven o'clock start would be fantastic. Yeah. I think that's pretty down the middle. I don't know why that's so tough to do. Don't know. But yeah. that being said, anything after the seventh inning, I pre- pretty much haven't caught. Yeah. Which has been some of the best action. Definitely. So it depends on the game we're talking about, but yeah, it really has. Like there, there was, uh, we'll get into the game by game here in a little bit. Cause I want to talk about kind of how I approached watching each of these games, because it actually involved watching the second half a whole lot closer than the first half. So, yeah. So one question that J Mac had posed to me that I will now pose to you is Where are you at on the Dodgers uh, manager situation? Do you think Dave Roberts should be sweating in his seat if they don't pull this one out? Yes. I mean, look at that pool of talent. Yeah. And look how much they've really fucked it up. Like, their fielding is really bad. It's not (laughs) good. showing to be really bad. That's just like, that's a coaching function, right? That means Mm -hmm. more defensive drills. That's more emphasis on defense. I don't know. Yes, Dave Roberts is in the hot seat. No matter, even if they win, I think he's in the hot seat. You think so? Yeah. They're not going to fire him if they win, right? I mean, <sighs> it's about, it's kind of like it's about time, and we still saw a lot of room for improvement. He's been better so than like, Don Mattingly was, though. Yeah, that's true. But the, I don't know if what that's a high. Who are they going to replace? It's better. Is that really the bar that you want to set, though? Is the Don Mattingly bar? Because I don't think that's really what you're looking for either. Mm-mm. No. Bad. So. Is it because he's lost two other World Series before this? Like, I mean, wh- where where do you where do you hang him at for this? Is it because he didn't come in and sweep Tampa? Is it because they couldn't get past the Nationals last year? Like, where's the real thing? Or is it sloppy play on the field? But it, well, it certainly, I mean, last year was terrible. The Nationals had no right to win. No, they had the worst bullpen in the universe. Well, they didn't even make it that far. Yeah, so it didn't even matter last. That that was the ALS or the NLCS last year, right? Might have been DS. I don't remember exactly. I'll have to pull it up. The Uh, there has been a moment every postseason for the past four or five years where they've just shut down or totally shit the bed. Um, less this series, but they've been having, there's been a couple snowball fights on defense and that's never a good look. No, it's not. And we'll talk about a couple of those specifics here in a minute, because one of them literally had me out of my chair, jaw on the floor. Cause I couldn't believe it. So we'll talk about that in a second, but I don't know. I think, so we were just talking about it before you came in. Like, I think that Dave Roberts has made a lot of risky decisions that have seemingly paid off up to this point. I mean, they're one win away at this point. You know, like it's 
they it's not like they've gotten absolutely stomped in this thing by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's probably safe no matter what happens, but and, and simply because I don't know who else you go out and get because the two biggest names out there are not names that they're going to want to be associated with, which is AJ Hinge and Alex Cora. Yeah, I mean, if the if that's the only reason you're not getting rid of the guy is because there's nobody better to replace him, that's not like a singing endorsement. Yeah, but it's not necessarily. I mean, if you're going to fire your manager in, in any sport at any time, you've got to at least generally have a plan as to what's next, right? I completely agree, but that doesn't mean that he's doing well simply because there's nobody better oh, to replace him. I'm, I'm with you 100%, <laughs> but if you know you're not going to do better than him, then what's, I mean. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I I see where you're coming from, though, because that's no bar you want to set. That's not a vote of confidence by any means. It's like, well, you're better right. than the trash guy, you know, but like not by a lot. I mean, well, there's there's other congruent sort of situations like that right now. Right. You're yeah. stuck between a real piece of shit and a pile of dicks or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the South Park episode? You know what I'm talking uh, about. Toad sandwich and giant douche. That's it. Oh. I like I like your version of it better though. I Me thought too. that was pretty good. Um, by the way, I did look it up. They they, they lost in the CS last year. Okay, they did get past the DS. Yeah, yeah, they lost in five. That's right. Okay, but yeah, no. the best of seven then. Mm-hmm. God, I hope so. <laughs> Just worth checking. Yeah, it's always worth checking. Apparently, um, I said they lost in five. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Sam, did you happen to get any other notes from your dad and brother about the ball the ballpark experience? Yeah, so update on that. Um, they had tickets to four games. It's one, three, five, seven. And I think that's right. Don't quote me on that. It's four that four right. games, four yeah. out of the seven. Uh, dad ended up not being able to go to any of them unless there's a game seven. So I'm rooting for <sighs> chaos. Hell yeah. There's going to be chaos. Right, so my brother's going, and he's the one who sent me that picture. Nice. Um, and he said it's it's awesome. He was telling me all about the ballpark. Yeah. But they, they still have the boomstick, but they don't call it the boomstick anymore. Oh, what are they calling it now? I don't know. I, don't, oh. I think it was like the, it was just like something generic. Doomstick. The doomstick. <laughs> it's good. It's good, Ben. Um, any other notes about just the series so far? Has it, like we were talking about before you came in too, Sam, it's been very competitive at least. Yes, and I certainly... Is there a game on tonight, or they skip Mondays every time? Well, they had a travel day today. Comes to, uh, next game is tomorrow. Travel day. Well, they did. They yeah. went to San Diego this time, right? No. Are, are they staying in Dallas? The yeah. whole thing. Whole, I thought, whole series is so in So when Dallas. were they going back? Were they Was that just for the... Just giving them rest days out of nowhere, right? They didn't do it all playoffs, and <sighs> all of a sudden they're doing it. Yeah, it's very strange. All right, well... You're welcome, Dodgers. Yeah, night off tonight, and then... Tomorrow night will be game six. So that'll be, I mean, obviously do or die for the Dodgers here, but it's, it's a so big. They're sp- just like at Papado's in Arlington right now. <laughs> getting they're ready to watch COVID. reruns of The Office or something. <laughs> How to cater to the, the hotel room probably is more like it, I would think, at this point. I would hope anyway. But um, I would think that that might be more for the everyday players at this point, right? Probably. Probably so. But it's been a, a very ser- exciting series. I think it's the best series we could have possibly ended up having, having given all the talent that came out this year and how it all worked out. I think the right teams are there. Definitely. It feels right. feels good for a change. Although I liked that I liked that the Nationals won last year and they didn't deserve it. But I didn't. I mean, I was glad that it was against Houston, that's for sure. Yeah. But we also didn't know what we know now. So that's kind of a kind of a caveat to that one. So all right, um, so we've got just a couple of, I'm trying to think. So we'll have the World Series end here in the next couple of days, and then the league year will turn over. We'll start to see, I mean, I saw like teams are starting to kind of let some of the guys go that are definitely not coming back and you know starting to make some of those roster decisions now. Um, but we'll have the league year turn over and free agency will start one other note before we get into the actual predictions and playoff stuff, Sam, do you think that they're going to get going in, in March on time and just kind of bowl through it for next year? Uh, yeah, but yeah. they shouldn't. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I almost said no, but then we've seen how this half season's gone and they've definitely just like, yeah. Hammered through. 
you may want to listen to the top of the show later because we actually did cover a pretty wild conspiracy theory that I think I uncovered the truth on. So you may want to check that out. All right. Do you want to pull up Don't predictions? Don't gaslight me. Just tell me what happened. No, 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 no. Definitely not. Um, I'll tell you later. I'm after the break. No, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not sharing it with the listeners again. Uh, you can either go back and listen to it or we can talk about it after the show. Let's talk about predictions though. Okay. Okay. You're going to let it go. Good. I can tell you don't want to, but let's do it. So one of my predictions was that the Dodgers were a team from Los Angeles. Turns out I was right about that. That's good. I'll pull up the predictions if you guys want to pull up the game by game and I'll... I've got that stuff ready to go. Okay. Give me just a sec. All right. Spreadsheet up. Ben, uh, did we have the other team being from Tampa Bay, though? Did we have that prediction? We did. Yeah. Yep. That was good. Okay. So we're good on that. 10 for 10 so far on locations. Good, good. Time zones we're good on too, right? I'm told. All right. We ever had a time time zone issue here? Just number of games played. Okay. All right. So I believe that my prediction is already wrong because I think I had Dodgers in five. Uh, I think that's right. And I think I had Rays in six or seven. You had Rays in seven, Justin. Ben, Dodgers in five. I had Tampa Bay in six. So uh, I'm very wrong. Uh, ben, very wrong. Justin, the only one potentially right. Still alive. I just need the Rays to win a World Series. What has my life become? What the hell has happened here? <laughs> this is a team in the division against my team that I root against actively every year. And here I am having to root for them for my predictions. But, hey, what are you going to do? And uh, so far that we've played five games, um, there have been 50 runs scored. <laughs> Justin predicted 51 total, Ben 34 total, me 38 total. So, um, so it's going to fly unless over. the Dodgers only win one to zero tomorrow. We'll all be very wrong on that. You know, what's really funny is I was like, so originally whenever we were doing that, I was thinking in, like in my head, I was, I was somewhere in like the 70 range, but then I was like, there's no way that's possible. And then you two were like, oh, 30 something. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm way, way, way too high. And so I came. Well, game, game one had 11 runs. Game two had 10. Game four had 15. <laughs> so those are like pretty high scoring affairs in general. Yes. Uh, the only game that was below eight was last night's game. It was four to two. Yeah. And that was, yeah, there was a lot that happened in that game too. So, I mean, it's. Yeah, I I knew that was high. Even fifty, I knew fifty was high, but I don't know, man. Both the offenses on both of these teams can absolutely rake. It's unbelievable, really. I'm just going to make up that I was only picking the number of runs that the winning team would score, uh, oh. which is not true. I was picking the whole score, but for the sake of my argument, I still have it that the Dodgers will score 34 runs mm. while they win in five games or six games now. Do we know how, how many runs have the Dodgers scored? Uh, I can I can do that, Matt. I'm uh, sure you can. Is... Just get my calculator watch here. Okay. okay, so it's possible. So Ben's still alive for his non-standardized bet here. He... My revision pick. <laughs> Yeah, I use bet very op- uh, loosely. There is no money at play here, just for the for the record. But um, yeah, no, it's too funny. I, I I think you're close, Ben. I think if you get a, so if you go over, it's dead. What happens if you're like slightly under? What if it ends up being at like thirty two? Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Okay, you got to be dead on, huh? No, nothing matters. Even if I'm right, oh, nothing matters. That's true. That's a very good point. Very nihilistic of you. I like it. Eat at Arby's. <laughs> Why are we plugging Arby's? I love Arby's. Don't you guys never seen nihilist Arby's on Twitter? No. 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 Oh my Perfect. god, man. you would love it. I can't believe I haven't seen I this. Jesus All right, that that will be my homework for after this pod. I love nihilist it. Nihilist Twitter. All right, let's talk about these things game by game. So game one started up last Tuesday. I have it on good authority that the Dodgers pulled off that one. You could say that, yeah. This game was really interesting because it was incredibly boring for the first, like, three innings. It just kind of sailed along. You had 
because uh, it was Kershaw versus Glass now on the mound. So you had you know two guys that settled in pretty quick, and really in the fourth, fifth, and sixth inning, the Dodgers scored two runs, four runs, two runs, and that was pretty much it as far as putting a lid on it. And the pitching kind of wavered there at the end a tad on this, but still held up just fine. And I mean, you look at like like I I. The biggest note I had in this game was Kershaw, and I'd say the biggest one of the bigger notes for the postseason in general is Kershaw and how good he's been because he's traditionally struggled in the playoffs a lot. And in this game, he went six innings, he gave up two runs, one earn, struck out eight, and he looked like he was incredibly comfortable. So this was a great game for Clayton Kershaw, that's for sure. Yeah, it's about time, right? He's really struggled in the World Series. Yeah. I, I mean, he's. I think he has the record for uh, strikeouts now in the postseason. Some, or he's like, I forget exactly. I saw some stat about that just the other day that he had just right like, on the cusp. It's close. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, good, good on him. I mean, he's been here a lot. So he, I don't think that he has a problem with the spot. I think that his body always just wears down a little bit too soon for the end of the season. And we talked about this a, an episode or two ago, where this is kind of the perfect scenario for someone like him who's gotten. I had a shorter season. It's not quite as taxing on the body over the long term. And you benefit from that. You really do. So, been excellent in this game. Or in this game, in this series as well. Uh, the other notable thing about this game was Max Muncy was just just an absolute beast. He, he's a, an incredible baseball player. He doesn't get nearly the recognition or the credit that he deserves. In this game, he was two. Let's see, he went. He had four at bats. He was two for four, uh, two RBIs, and I mean, he just didn't didn't stop being productive in any way in this game. It's great. Well, and that's the thing is, every time that you need him to do something, he seems to be able to do it. Like, it's not a question of, you know, oh, is Muncy going to pull it off? It's like, oh, Muncy's coming up. This inning's getting extended. Yeah, exactly. So, good stuff here. Ben, attendance on this game, since we talked about that earlier, 11,388. That's pretty good. Pretty good. It looks like, you know, because it's television, so when you look at it, it looks like there's 14 people in the stands. I know, but it really does. Yeah, but I mean, 11,000 people, that's, they're able to get, what, 25, 30% capacity? That's what they're doing? I think something like that, yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. They look pretty spaced out, right? I mean, yeah. they're doing good things generally i think so too i think it was as safely as you can do it and letting people in to watch the world series you know all right what are their thoughts on game one anything else i was feeling really good after my dodgers in five pick when the dodgers uh pulled off game one i was like yeah, yeah i feel pretty confident it always feels good to get off on a good uh, on a good start like that and you have to think that i mean that's just your your pick for the show. Think about what their you know their mental state is like in that case of like okay, how important it is to go out and try to win game one. And I seems like a given, but it's it's gets you off to a good tone. So, yeah, I like it. All right, game two. Ben. Yeah, so this would have been uh, Wednesday night, and uh, it looks like this one the Rays came back and tied it up. Uh, they made it a 1-1 series. Yes, this was a great game, too. Sam, do you want to start this one? or In what capacity? I didn't know if you wanted to talk about anything in it or, you know. I didn't watch this one. You so. didn't watch this one. Okay, gotcha. No, sorry. No, no, you're good. Um, so this was last Wednesday. This was... So there was a lot of different things going on in this game. The All the runs that were scored, it was not very clustered up or anything like that. A lot of single runs and whatnot scored, but you had a lot of people break out that aren't your everyday guys for both both sides of this. So you had, like, uh, for instance, whenever we're going through and looking at just numbers in general of where guys hit, for example, like uh, Manuel Margo hits fifth in the the Rays lineup and he had he went uh two for three that night he was his OPS was 929 and he just he was very clutch in the right moments in this game and as you kind of went through and looked at like the pitching for example like this was a situation where the Dodgers rolled out a complete bullpen of a game because they're 
their little their pitching lines literally didn't go over two innings each. Not one of them. Which is incredible. I mean, this is the this is their whole thing though. This is the bit that they started trying out last year. It's gotten them success. We now see other clubs that are doing some form or fashion of it. Yeah. And um it's working for them. Well, and it's the, the same. Thing- I mean, the Dodgers did the same thing. The, the only thing the Rays did differently here is they went with Blake Snell, but he only went four point two innings. Right. So the the thing that I'm most impressed by on any of these um, Tampa wins is just their their timing. I don't want to say that that it's just luck because it's not. There's a lot of skill. There's a lot of grinded out. There's a lot of good work that they're being done and putting in. But they certainly have uh, have had the fate smiling down upon them every once in a while. Not as much in game two, but certainly in game four. Yeah. It looks to me as though every time the Rays score a run or do anything good, it was through nothing but the most extreme effort. And then the Dodgers will just like pile on a bunch of runs and make it look really easy. That is a great way to describe it because it was just a lot of fielding things, a lot of different avenues to come through here to to make this thing actually successful but that's kind of what the Rays rely on so it, it was a, a really good gritty game for these two teams uh just in general and it was a great way to even up this series because you definitely don't want to get in the hole to nothing so it was great that Tampa Bay came back and made this one one at the end of the day so they won that six to four and uh yeah any other thoughts or anything like that game two just overall it feels like the Rays are consistently playing from behind. Even if they're not down, like that's just the style of baseball that they've been playing, which is really dangerous, but it also is really good from a team identity standpoint because, you know, they always feel like, oh, we're going to steal this one out. We're going to just get the edge of it, you know, and and sort of force something to happen, um, which I think has been really good for their identity and their overall dynamic and culture. Good teams find ways to win, always. And that is, I mean, that works in any capacity in sports. And, I mean, we were talking about the the Nationals a little bit ago, and while that felt somewhat uh, like lightning in a bottle, though, like they knew kind of how to, like everybody was doing their job the right way. And that's all that matters in these situations because it is such an individualized sport, but also a team sport at the same time. So it really relies on everyone doing their job. I mean, kind of what Sam was saying earlier, like the, some of the, the outfield play for the Dodgers has just been terrible. And a lot of it's probably just guys not really doing their job. We're talking about Mookie Betts, for God's sakes. Like one of their outfielders, like a really, really championship MVP, World Series MVP outfielder, like really fucking good. And, you know, sometimes you just make those mistakes. Yeah. In, in the same vein as like finding a way to win. I'm just looking at the like wraps for some of these games. And Tampa Bay is playing like a classic NL team. The substitutions are like three or four X what the Dodgers are doing. I mean, I'm not sure if that speaks more to the fact that the Dodgers have a better starting lineup or to the management style of Tampa Bay and like having enough niche players to go get it done when it matters. See, that's that's the side that I fall on it because like the numbers are telling them something there. The numbers are saying we should do x here and substitute these players because you're right tons of substitutions really early on uh you know lots of just like spot guys dh guys stuff like that lots of those put into the lineup and it's like they're they're taking advantage of the fact that there is because they didn't necessarily get it's not like they took nl rules and threw them out the window necessarily in this it's just that they made a universal designated hitter which still allows for the same types of substitutions and things like that that you would have on the NL side. Maybe you have Kevin Cash taking advantage of that a little bit more. So, I mean, that, that's got to be, I mean, that's got to be part of what's going on here with them because they seem to come up big in the perfect spots. Yeah, they keep, they have guys like uh, Yoshi Tsutsugo, who's like just this big Korean guy and just comes in and mashes left-handed hitting um, and they sub him in every game. Yeah. hit in the DH spot That's somewhere awesome. every single game so far and I mean even guys like Kevin Kiermeyer who are aren't the best outfield guys in the world aren't the best disciplined hitters have come up in big spots throughout this whole series it's pretty awesome yeah really well, it's a testament to understanding what you have and how to plug those 
those holes whenever you need to. Right. And that's why they are where they are. Right. right? If, they, sure. if they're similar or if there was a similar lineup with a lesser front office and management schema, this would not happen. No, not even close to it. I.e. the A's. Right. <laughs> Just shit on them where you can. Shit on them where you can. All right. Next game. Uh, so then we had a day off or a, quote, travel day for no travel at all. Um, which also coincided with the last presidential debate, so I thought that that was pretty funny. Yep. Um, hey, I'll take a night off for a presidential debate. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so then game three uh, took place on Friday. Friday. And uh, Dodgers came rip-roaring back. Yeah, they did. They won 6-2 to two in this game. This was one of the most impressive pitching performances I've seen from Walker Bueller. Six innings. 10 strikeouts, and he had one earned run in it. Incredible game for him. Just lights out pitching from the Dodgers, and so far this game has been has felt the least close of the five that have been played so far. Yeah, I, I would I would say that. Yeah, it felt out of reach, even though like it's not like it's it's one of those again. There's clusters of runs kind of scored, but not. Nothing too major, but whenever they went innings three and four and scored two runs in each of those innings, it felt like this is gonna this is gonna be short order. Right. It was like, how do we score two runs against Walker Bueller? Oh wait, how do we score four runs against Walker Bueller? Oh wait, how do we score five runs against Walker Bueller? Always oh, out of the game and sixth, and then we're fucked <laughs> completely. And I mean, you had guys. I mean, like Justin Turner hit a uh, a home run. You had Max Muncy come up once again in a sharp position. Um, you know, Mookie Betts came up big in this game. He had a great game. There was a lot going on for the Dodgers here that really kind of clicked all all the right cylinders at the right time. Well, and that's where I don't think that the Dodgers have been bad necessarily, but game three, the Dodgers were on, and I don't know that they've been as on for the rest of the series, even on the games that they've won. It's definitely felt like there are times where they've been caught sleepwalking. Do, and that explains some of the shenanigans that happened the other night, right? But I won't spoil that. Uh, do we think... How do I say this? I don't know. You guys go ahead. <laughs> we Boy, do think, Sam. Such, such think suspense. <laughs> yes. Such suspense for, for a little payoff. That's okay. Um, yeah, this game, though, like, I mean, even Charlie Morton was good in this game. Uh, you know, you know, that's been something I think that we've looked for from him a little bit is just a little bit of consistency and never really seemed to have that for whatever reason. But, you know, he only had to get in there and give them four, four and a third inning. And he was pretty much out of there because they go bullpen anyway. So I found it. Oh, go ahead. Do we think that Corey Seager is going to win the MVP for the World Series? Ooh, he's like he's got like a thirteen hundred OPS or something. Yeah. He's going to be, I, I don't know. It's going to depend on how, how long it goes. I know that simplifies it. have to win, right? Well, do, right. Do you ever give the MVP to the team who lost? I don't think so, right? But it's I, like uh, in the Quidditch World Cup when Bulgaria wins or Bulgaria loses, but Crumb gets the snitch. Sure. Just like that. Sure. I read Harry Potter, but not that closely. <laughs> Skimmed it. I see, yeah. <laughs> I browsed it. Um, no, so I, I think, though, it does I, – I, it's it's not meant to simplify it by saying, well, it's, it depends on how long this series goes, but it really does because there have been unlikely heroes in this series coming from a lot of different directions. And, I mean, if Steve Pierce can win the MVP in 2018 – I mean, you know, like that, that – one of those things like it, it really can come up for anybody here but he's got a really good shot at it. he's been incredible this series like he's been incredible defensively and offensively throughout the entire series so it'll help him to keep going I think yeah for sure I think that he's made a, a strong case for himself I can't think of anyone else on the Dodgers but once again we'll have to see how it shakes out and especially if their pitching has to has to pull one out you know in game six or game seven to, to seal the deal that yep. could that could sway influence definitely all right any other thoughts on the on game three 
I think they give it if they win, they're going to give it to Kershaw out of like sympathy for having mm. sucked in the World Series for so long and being like good this time. That's I, it. I could see that. I could. So I think that. if they because he'd get the call up for Game Seven, right? Yes, I believe so. So like if they win, if they win tomorrow, I don't think that'll happen. But I think if he comes out for a third and has a good pit, uh, like a good game, then sure, I could see that happening. Even if yeah, he's on he's short on. rest and doesn't go as long, he'll. I mean, he'd still be gutting it out and going again to give yeah, him something. Yeah, he would have pitched like 15 innings or something like that, right? Yeah, but in a shorter season, that maybe that's not as detrimental to him as it usually would be. So His his back will spasm no matter what. Almost certainly. Just depends on what timing that happens at. <laughs> All right, game four. You know, if you were going to watch a game of this series so far... Game four might be one that you'd want to go back and consider. So for those that have that have TiVoed the series so far and are looking for our recommendation, I'm going to say just if you like baseball, game four is worth checking out. I would say it's definitely a rewatchable game. No doubt about it. I was, it was Saturday night. I was actually, so we talked about the, the family wedding thing I went to. And so I caught the last like three innings of this game. And as I was sitting in my chair, I was nodding off. It was bottom of the ninth. Tampa Bay was at bat. They had a couple of runners on. And it got down to a 1-2 count. I stood up, had the remote in my hand to turn the TV off. And the biggest amount of fuckery I've ever seen on a baseball field happened. That's not true. But a good amount of fuckery happened right out of that. Like right within that that amount of time, so you had Kevin Kiermeyer th- hit out to, uh, was it? Wait, I want to make sure it was Kevin Kiermeyer that did this. One second, because I remember one define fuckery. Uh, I think it's really kind of whatever you want it to be, right? Webster's. I, I love a good it. word with flexibility. It's great. Whatever I want it to be. Exactly. I mean, it really just depends on. Like you Tom know. Foolery, but you say Tom. Tom Fuckery? No. Four out of five honey bears. No. Yeah, so Kevin Kiermaier hits out to, to right field. They boggle the catch, throw it in, and try to throw it home and overthrow home. Two run score. They lose well, the game. So it's even worth, like, the boggled catch. He went down for it, and he had to like scoop it with his glove and in scooping it, he kind of almost flipped it another direction, right? Which is problematic because then your second base runner is able to, you know, round third and start making his way towards home. So like that was issue number one. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, did I miss the play at home? Like, did he overthrow? Did the, did the home, the catcher just bobble it? Like, how did that happen? He didn't overthrow it. The catcher is Will Smith. He's like 19 years old in like 13 days. He's a super young guy. It's his first postseason. He, in an attempt to swing the glove around so quickly, didn't fully catch the ball. The relay wasn't like the best throw from the first base area, but it wasn't overthrown. He was just like super ready to like swing around and make the tag and totally didn't fully have fully have the ball. It's something that one of us would have done, probably. I did that a lot. Yeah, and, and he is much, much better at baseball than we are. And so that, that just is nerves more than anything else, I'm sure. My, my, guy- go ahead. Yeah, my favorite part, which I think is what Sam was about to mention, is the, the Tampa base runner who is on second. Um, do you have his name there, Justin? Was it Diaz? Was that him? I the can't second remember. run or the first run? The second run. A Rosarania. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So as he's rounding third, he legit just trips and rolls on the ground, like almost as a somersault. And then he thinks he's caught, like in a pickle, but he's not. So he, like, stops. And then he just tries to slide, but he ends up landing at home plate and then just tapping the base like it's a buzzer in Jeopardy, which (laughs) is just a good look. Just got a little finger on it. It's <laughs> all you need, right? Yeah, no, the, I mean, and I think that's a good point, too. Like, the the amount of experience versus inexperience can't be understated in this spot. And, I mean, you've seen things like Tampa Bay's had, uh, they have had several 
situations where they've been caught trying to steal. And specifically, they had one where they got caught trying to steal home and weren't even remotely close. I mean, it was... he. He kind of committed to going before and, and kind of realized, like, well, now I've got to go kind of deal. You know, it was one of those. You could tell it on his face that, well, I'm in on this. I got to go. And the over-eagerness there can't be understated. You should also probably be listening to the third base coach because that's kind of his job. Just saying. Yeah. He was he was cooking around third base. I'm not surprised he fell over. Yeah. Um, and then the throw was, you know, not fully caught. So he was running back. Yeah, and then third baseman's like third base coach is like, no, keep keep going home. Yeah, and that was that was a fun play to watch. I just looked it up by the way. Will Smith is twenty five, born in the year of nineteen ninety five. Oh, ouch! I legit sent Justin a text about this thing over the weekend, where it's like, when did we become years older than these players that are playing in the World Series? Like all of them, because it does not feel good. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, this was a wild game. This was an absolute wild game. My jaw was on the floor with the way that this ended. They well, I were... just can't believe that the catchers had such an interesting career after, like, Men in Black and his hip-hop career. I know. After Big Willie style, how do you follow that up? Hey, he's getting jiggy with it. That's right. That I'm is... surprised he's not playing in Miami. Oh, Boo. pretty that good. That was awesome, Sam. That was incredible. I want to hug that joke. That was great. 51 minutes. We almost made it. <laughs> we almost made it. That was awesome. Um, and then, so game four, absolute madness. So yes. now it's tied tie all, two to two. I've already now lost. It's not going to be Dodgers in five. So I'm unhappy. But the Dodgers come back. Yeah, it was It was not too bad. It's, it's their, I mean, they've got another shot. You still have a, a chance to be right about your actual pick of the team. At least, just not the amount of games. I'll take it. Yeah. I still, I like going for the underdog here with the Rays. I really do. So. It's also going with the trend for game six, right? Because it's been Dodgers, Rays, Dodgers, Rays, Dodgers. Yes. Indeed. All right, Ben. So. What are you thinking going forward for game five here? For how game five went? Yeah. I think that. It's it didn't you know, nothing would come back to the game four drama and mm-hmm. some of that, but there was still some some stakes to it. You know, it, it wasn't quite the the shutdown that was game three, but it didn't have the drama. So I'd say it was like a good B plus overall. Yeah, it was I mean, it was four to two final here and you had all the action happen within the first I mean, there was no run scored after the fifth inning. So you had good bullpen pitching in the backside of both of these things. It was a pretty uneventful game overall. There wasn't a whole lot of fuckery, if you will, going on in this game. And I would say most of the fuckery was on the Rays pitching side in that Tyler Glass now was like pretty much just as bad as he was in the previous game. Uh, I was kind of hoping for like a redeeming performance by him, but he was out of control for the first two and a half innings. And that's where all almost all the runs came from. Yep. And then he he got control. And he was just like lighting people up at the plate after that, but it would like the damage was done. Yeah, and the Dodgers pitching kept pace, and yep. there was not not a lot of action to be said to be watched or whatever. No, that's definitely true. And and he just he could not settle into a groove that early, and that had to have been nerves. He looked terrified out there, and yes. that's a big spot to be in. I mean, I don't I'm not faulted the guy by any means, but like you said. Because once he like once he settled in, he was fine. But this was another great performance by Kershaw as well. Five point two innings pitched. He struck out six. He had two runs, two of them earned. Just overall, pretty decent performance. Not going as long here, but you don't like. There's no sense in just pitching his arm off because you may need him later. Yeah, Glass now all of twenty seven years old, born in the year of our father, nineteen ninety three. <laughs> versus Clayton Kershaw. He's 32. I mean, he's yeah. like pretty much our age. He's old man Kershaw at this point. I love Clayton Kershaw, though. He's got the experience now, right? I He does. I, I don't know that... I mean, is how, how good of a season did Tyler Glass now have? Do you know? He was pretty good this year, I think, overall. 
He was very good. Uh, this year he was, uh, okay, 5-1, and one, 408 ERA, um, 57 innings pitched, 57, okay. 91 strikeouts. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a, 1.13. So that's I think he probably thing. gave up like a bunch of home runs. You have diminished innings. A, because it's Tampa, but B, because of the diminished games. Mm-hmm. But even so, that's a lot of strikeouts for innings pitched. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty efficient, I would say. But he's not like the this year's Garrett Cole or anything like that as far as that as far as a reclamation project, because he hasn't has he always been with Tampa? No, he was with Pittsburgh like Garrett Cole. That's what I thought. I was thinking that and I was and I mean it seems like that's where baseball careers go to die, unfortunately. Because I think a lot of great baseball careers start there though. Well that's what I'm saying. Well, one way or the other, if you're lucky enough to make it out of there, then you know. You Which know. town is that? Though is it the good one or is it the bad one? Pittsburgh. I don't know. I no. We're not. I don't want to go into Pittsburgh. I don't think you like Pittsburgh though. I thought you something about mud or something like that. Didn't you picture a lot sure. of mud being there? That sounds right. Yeah, the mud people. I don't know. This show's so dumb. It's been going on for so long. So many things. <laughs> ben, what else you got on this? I mean, to me, it's just turning turn into game six now and uh you know tomorrow to see if the dodgers can shut it out or if we're gonna have a super exciting game six like uh like what we've had for the last couple of years i want to look and see what vegas kind of thinks as far as like what public money is doing because you can always kind of get a good feel for like what what the gut feeling of betters are and and what people think is going to happen um so the Dodgers are favored by one and a half in this game. So that seems unreasonable because it's Blake Snell versus Gonsolin who's given up like a ton of runs. I know. Um, you can also, I mean, you could go, you could bet on them to win just straight up. But I mean, obviously that's not going to like pay as much and stuff like that. But it's not that far off of them having to win by two. So yeah. it, it this looks pretty even as far as it goes. And I mean, you're going to see that typically for playoffs and stuff like that, but I'm surprised that the Rays are that kind of underdog. I really am. I am too. Gonsolin has an ERA of 9.4 for the postseason. Ugh. He's well, 0-2. What was his ERA on the year? 2-3-1. Okay. Okay. That's, you know. Small sample size, smaller. I think he, I think he gets shelled by good teams, and he dominates bad teams. Oh boy! Well, it's a shame there are no good teams in the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and you hope that, or you would think that this is a spot where Kevin Cash is going to kind of play those numbers and see how it goes. Um, all right, so let's wrap things up. Any World Series predictions for these next two? Games, uh, do you get, so? Let me ask you guys this: Do you think it's going to go to seven games, and who do you think is going to win? Ben, start us off. Dodgers in six, yo. Dodgers in six. Okay, Sam. I like it going to seven. I still like the Rays. I feel the same way. Very confident in my pick. I don't. I, I don't know why. I just. I don't feel like. I, it just feels like something's going to happen to the Dodgers because it always does. That's so. Yes. But I feel like we've flipped heads and tails now 15 times, and it's finally going to end up on tails eventually. Yeah, but I've, I haven't changed my pick from what I think is going to happen here. Like I know, I, and if you listen to every year we've done this podcast, I've picked the goddamn Dodgers, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're confirmation biased right now. I'm saying you're confirmation biased right now. Eat that, Sambino. Oh, you gotcha. Sweet. Tight, tight, tight. Not at all. All right, Ben, take us out here. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out. We are at sensiblyloud.com for all of your sports and entertainment needs. That's where you should go. Plus, we are all over social media. That's Facebook. That's Instagram. Plus, we're even on the good old Twitter. And you can watch us and see things like when our dog showed up in part of this episode or when we played it off like Sam had been here the whole time on part of this episode. You can watch the videos on the YouTube or the Facebook so do that. Huge props to J-Mac for producing this and every other episode. We miss baseball and we miss things so wash your freaking hands. Wear a mask. Be safe. Vote. Vote. Thank you, Ben Baseball. We'd like to thank everybody for tuning in for episode 129 of the Outfielder Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, 
our sponsors and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah.